Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth with each other, and with a divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. My name is Klingot Lempikas. I'm coming from Tanzania, Maasaland in East Africa. This is my first time to United States and also my first time in a Holden village. And I'm really delighted to, to deliver this kind of sessions teaching to everybody here in Holden uh, because it's so interesting that we we can all share what we call the stories and the stories are so powerful and in these classes you learn about the history of the Maasai in East Africa along so many decades before uh, colonialism and uh, after colonialism and some of the challenges the Maasai facing right away uh, in this 21st century, uh, but also we will learn that the Maasai culture is so interesting that based with what we call the community, the family, um, people, you know, live in socialism kind of life, and it's so uh, important and significant to them because the culture and the traditional methods of their life give them. Uh, the sense of survival in the natural environment. In mass religion, you can find that there are more than 30 words of God, and someone can actually learn. But also, if you go to the Bible in Christianity perspectives, you find that there are 50 words of God in the Bible. So it's really very interesting that um, you can learn about mass religion and the these people believe in one God, the supernatural being. Uh, but also, if you come to the issues of conservation and uh, some ideas about uh, global environmental politics, it's really very interesting that conservation is a global crisis right now because of some kind of perceptions that um, some people don't understand what is supposed to to, to be for the environment, for the people, for the survival, and for the wildlife that we are going to learn together uh, about conservation. And you find that the Maasai have the name of biodiversity. They call it Sao And Sao has a lot of importance in Maasai culture and survival. And we can actually integrate this kind of ideas and understanding about biodiversity in Maasai perspective and we can all understand how we can take care of our environment, our climate, and our survival, that the environment should also be the servant of man rather than only a partner. My name's uh, Travis Wool, and I'm 
currently serving as the naturalist in the village. And a lot of my work here has been teaching on the natural history and the cultural history of the village, in particular the North Cascades. Holden's been a very interesting place for that. Um, how Killingout and I ended up teaching is when I was in college, I studied abroad in Tanzania, and Killingout was one of our cultural guides when we were going through uh, Maasai land, learning about the impacts of tourism and conservation on Maasai people. And we stayed in touch afterwards, and I went and visited him, and... Um, I felt like Killing Out has a lot of um, valuable perspective to give to us, especially when we talk about conservation and cultural change as an indigenous person in a place that is being heavily impacted by really American influence and foreign influence from the West. So it's important that we understand as Americans and as people who aren't from Tanzania the role that our idea that has been asserted on their country about wilderness and about nature, it's important that that's understood because the only way for resolving this issue is becoming sensitive to the needs and concerns of the Maasai people. And that's, that's a major cultural difference because the Maasai people have a very different culture than we do. So, I mean, my objective throughout all of this conversation is to help kind of check that American perspective and say we need to listen to the voices and values of Maasai people to really understand an issue like this, which is not just happening in Maasai land, it's happening in indigenous communities uh, all over the world. Have you found um, any ways at Holden in, in the way that the community or the, the Lutheranism uh, views God that might be similar to the Maasai perspective? Oh yeah. Um, so if, if people go to visit us, for the prayers, um, one of the holy places that the Maasai actually uh, regard as these are the holy places that we can never, let's say, um, have a physical confrontation in those places. One is the Engang, that means the homestead. So homestead gather people because it's a holy place. It gives a definition in Maasai culture as a holy place. But also Engaji house. It's also a place that is holy in Maasai because it's where the people get um, to reproduce their offspring to the, another generation of the society. And those places are the places that people gather for talking about the legendary and the powerful of God uh, during the evening time. And so that kind of communion or community gathering in in the you know, integrating their life into the powerfulness of God is, is, is actually, uh, it, it def defines how Holden Village also do in every evening time to talk about God and people give, a, a, you know, someone of their, uh, their time for God. So it's actually very similar. Hmm. Um, the Maasai people believe only in what we call uh, Engai, that means God, and they actually give God attribute of a supernatural being that is more powerful than anything else in the universe. Uh, but also the Maasai have so many uh, traditions that also helps them to reach God in their prayers. And some of them are, they are, they, 
the traditions or traditional methods of prayers, like going to pilgrimages in in the foot of the mountains, uh, but also there are some of the holy places that people can go and uh, sacrifice something in order to go to appease their uh, their their prayers and answer their prayers at the same time. Uh, but also we have the diviners. Uh, we call Oloiboni, that is a spiritual leader, a diviner, the healer. So these people are very, very important in Maasai uh, kind of religions and faith. And this, uh, this one is connecting the people in one faith, connecting the people in one belief and in Maasai in our traditions and culture. But also it, it brings humans close together. In, in so many different ways of making sure that we as a community that we we pray and we actually give God honor in so many different ways. Could, could you share a little bit about Maasai traditional way of life, so pastoralism and, and the, the nomadic lifestyle and how that's changing in the face of things like climate change and, and cultural change? The Maasai way of life is so interesting because we rely on our traditional methods of taking care of livestock, sheep, goats, and cows, and donkeys sometimes. So this kind of life is uh, depend from survival from nature. And that's one of the beliefs of Maasai people that the boundary of nature they have been living since the millennia. Uh, everything that nature gives the Maasai people is so dear. So the nature, and the, or let's say the boundary of nature, has been so kind to us because we get uh, grasses, we get water and saltlings from the from the natural environment. So our life depends from nature because people have to access all this natural resources from the land. So this kind of uh, life of Maasai depending with livestock, so their life, everything depends from livestock. The way they talk, the way they, their norms, their tradition, their values, their eating style, everything depends from livestock. So now there's a big challenge happening to us. One of the challenge is natural disasters caused by the climate change. So the climate change is becoming a problem, but people don't understand what climate change is. Maybe sometimes they take a blame back to God that why are you bringing all these disasters to our life? Because uh, for so many years ago, there was a lot of abundance of nature. But I know the changes of climate is causing our life into into our life is in jeopardy actually because of climate change but also the other disaster is the issues of conservation because uh, some people believe that wildlife has the right to access the natural resources but the mass life with their cattle have no right to access the natural resources in isolated boundaries of nature because conservation believes that they have to isolate a certain boundary or the valleys, the mountains or the plains for wildlife 
and now they have to put the policy and the law that restricts human activities to go on. But still, human activity as tourism is going on in a in, in conservation area. So one of the challenges about our way of life is uh, the natural disasters, a drought caused by the climate change, but also flooding. So nowadays is also causing the mass life uh, in, in, in so many you know, bad ways, but also the conservation at the same time. We have a lot of taboos that favor preservation of species plants and the animals. And if preservation of uh, plants and the, uh, the animals uh, in massive perspective that all these taboos actually limit us from harming these species, it is really very, very important because there are some of the species can also contribute to the environment for survival. And also because of these plants uh, species, but also these animals. So this kind of taboos can actually raise a crusade against the propaganda of modern, let's say, modern conservation. That we only think about conservation of uh, excluding people away from their land. So I don't think that is a sustainable kind of conservation. But we we have to think about a sustainable conservation to the environment, to the species, and to the people. Because environment and the people cannot... Uh, the environment cannot uh, coexist itself without the people, and the people cannot also, co let's say, live without the environment at the same time, because there are some of the some of the nature uh, methods that actually the environment is to save us, but also we have to save the environment at the same time. So it is really very interesting to find that these taboos are some of the steps for the Maasai for since the millennia to preserve species of plants and the animals. That's why all the spectacular of wildlife are only found in Maasai land in East Africa. And there is evidence to show that. But now the, some people, because they just need to stay with this wildlife in a great way, just want to move us away. And if they move us away, so now they are raising a lot of propaganda that maybe we were you know, we were the people who migrated somewhere, so we need to live our life with, you know, with peace where they are. So now the question is, uh, how did we come and meet this wildlife and we don't actually destroy it? But all the other ethnic groups, if they are movements from one boundary to another, they have actually diminished the wildlife. They have diminished their environment. But why, even if, let's say, we migrated for 50 years, let's say, which we have a mandatory right if a person has lived more than 10 years in a place where it was not uh, occupied by someone else, then we have the, you know, the, the doctrine laws that can actually make us to say this is our land. But we have, we have so many years that nobody can even prove how many years we have been living in those places. But... Uh, yeah, the wildlife is in abundance in our land. It doesn't matter we lived in 10 years, but it's in abundance, quite different from other places. So that can prove that we are the natural conservationists, and people need to understand the concept of this massive, you know, massive natural conservation. How did we play the role to the wildlife, to the environment, so that all other people can take some of initiatives to the environment 
because it's so important if we have taboos that help us to preserve the species of different kinds what is the problem if someone else also apply the same taboos for the benefit of environments and i think that's a moral judgment i think that is a moral thing to think and say it's not it's not say this is a fact that's a moral thing but also it brings the fact and reality on the ground thank you thanks for joining us for another holden village podcast be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village we hope you will make a pilgrimage to holden Blessings and peace to you.